Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love, and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're here, that you're with me. Oh, and God, I trust you to speak. You know, part of this message, God, I feel like it's on paper, but it might not be necessarily in the right order. But God, I pray that you'd use this time to encourage us that would leave this place more hopeful. Holy Spirit, speak and move. And God, this is such an honor and a privilege. I don't take it for granted. Thank you that you're here. Everybody said amen. Oh, okay, right. So I almost feel like I need the keys, eh? <laughs> feels so quiet in here. Either that or some hip-hop. Um, <laughs> do you know the Hebrew meaning of hope is actually hipvah? No, tikvah, sorry. The, yeah, the Hebrew meaning of hope is tikvah, not tiktok. <laughs> that's just for free, that's not in my notes. Okay, so <laughs> um, the message title, if you're taking notes, is Keep Hope Hot. So in um, my scripture of the day, verse of the day, there's a lot of scripture in this message, but um, Romans 15, verse 13 from the Passion Translation. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Oh, my gosh. Doesn't that sound spectacular? <laughs> to abound in hope sounds like such a great thing to aspire to. But in reality, it is so tough. In fact, we may not even know if we have hope or not. And if we don't know ourselves, then we can ask, um, would my family or my good friends describe me as being filled with all joy and peace and abounding in hope. I listened to an amazing um, interview with Brooke Ligatwood and Pastor Daryl Johnson. And it was actually on worship mainly, but one of my key lines that I took from their interview um, came from the scripture, which is Psalm 42, verse 5, English Standard Version. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And the line that um, Brooke said was, you know, the truth is, we can be downcast, yet remain steadfast. And I just loved that, because... It's okay to be down. It's okay to have tough stuff. But man, to remain steadfast, 
is so key to getting through. You know, biblical hope not only desires something good for the future, but it expects it to happen. You know, the psalmists wrestle and fight and struggle to maintain their hope in God. This is normal stuff, and we better own up to it, or we may too grow sluggish and negligent in our fight for hope. Usually when we use the word hope in normal life, like everyday conversations, we express uncertainty rather than certainty. Like, I hope my coffee that I paid $5 for is good. I hope I get a car park. I hope when I get home from cross country, Monty hasn't peed on the carpet. (laughs) I hope I get to work on time. I hope I get to church on time. This kind of hope is unattached. It's not attached to anything, and there are absolutely zero guarantees. It's really just wishful thinking. So usually when we say, you know, I hope, you know, I hope you have a good day, well, that means nothing, really, because we have no idea. As we know, if you think about your life right now and what you thought it was going to look like, mm, chances are it's probably the complete opposite to what you thought, or it might be the same, but the, you know, the journey to get to where you are now is like, what on earth was that? But here we are. Um, Where am I up to? Right, so, yeah, that kind of hope is unattached, not attached to anything. So in Hebrews 6.19 NIV version, I'm just telling you the versions in case you're taking notes. Um, Helpful to have. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. You know, the fact that hope is an anchor for our soul. Think of an anchor on a boat. The anchor will hold despite the storm. The anchor is certainty in a time of uncertainty. It is stability. And today, we can reattach to the anchor. Okay, a little bit of a story, because the story's always good. When, um, <laughs> so I'm 40, surprise. Um, I know, I know. So that kale that Sarah gives me that I'm eating keeps me looking so youthful. I only really look 50. No. Um, <laughs> so when I was 12, okay, here's a story. When I was 12, my dad and mum, yes, I had a dad and a mum, and I also had three siblings. My dad and mum were highly involved in our local church, um, and... My dad was an elder in the church, and my mum, well, you know, she just did the women's ministry, the baking, you know, the mum stuff. And um, my dad, um, it's a bit of a long story, I won't give you all the details, because that's like, we'll be here all day. But um, my dad decided to have an affair with the church secretary. Not so clever. Um, But that's okay, because these things happen what are you going to do? You confront, yes, you find out, yes, yes, it all happened. And back then it had like phones on cord, say, like there was not even a cordless phone, yes, showing my age. But um, he, yeah, in, anyway, it ended up all coming out in the wash or how, what do you want to say. But why I'm telling you this is because my mum bought an anchor necklace So she went and got a really nice gold chain and an anchor, and she wore it every day. She never took it off, and she was like, 
like he is my anchor, like I'm staying put. You know, we stayed in our church. My mum was so steadfast. Like she kept taking us every Sunday. Everyone knew, like it was wild news. Like back in the day, it was like, it was almost unheard of to like not be married or to be divorced. Like it was, whoa, you're separated. Whereas now we're like pretty much everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of people are like their second and third wife and it's just part, like we're not shocked or surprised. This was like, holy moly, like not to mention someone in leadership in the church, like it was a mess. It was messy and it wasn't um, just our family, it was her family and my mum stayed in that church. I still like, so this is me, I'm like, man, she had such hope that if I just hang on to Jesus, like if I just stay here, surrounded by people that knew but carried us through, you know, despite the storm, despite the heartbreak, the unplanned and unexpected disaster, the decision she made to hold fast, you know, and the anchor will hold, the anchor will hold, and I'm so grateful that That she stayed. Because to be honest, we were homeschooling. Surprise. We could have just stayed home and just had home church. But she just knew, like, I need to keep turning up. I've got to stay in this place. I've got to do it for the kids. And I'm so grateful. So that's one of my stories about hope. You know, the anchor held us. We must keep hope hot. Oh, gosh. Sorry. They're all getting stored in a jar somewhere, these tears. (laughs) Our hope should never be based on a desired outcome. Our relationship with Jesus shouldn't just kick into gear when we're faced with a trial or temptation or sickness. Jesus isn't a genie. He wants all of us, all day, every day. You know, it's easy to lax when life is cruising, then to call on his name when disaster strikes. I'm not saying it's wrong to call on his name. That is absolutely the right response. We just need to make sure, I'm here to encourage you, that we just need such a depth of relationship with him that we're praising and we're talking and we're communing with him in all seasons. He tells us in John 16, 33, unsure of the version, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So that's almost like a promise to us. Guys, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Remember the words he's spoken. You know, what has he said to you? 
If you've been in church sometime or a little time, or you've been in and out of church, or you've been to youth group, you've probably at some point had a prophecy, or someone speaks something over your life, like, what has he said to you? Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. What does he say about your situation? And I'm telling you, he can speak in so many different ways. You know, he can give you visions of, you know, riding a horse and... Um, sorry, that's a bit of a joke in this church now, but, um, you know, he can speak through visions, he can speak through his scripture, he can speak through a message from a friend, he can speak through you watching a documentary on TV, he can speak when you're out running on a mountain, like, he's not limitless, he can speak in crazy ways, in ways you would never expect, um, but he will speak, um, allow him to speak into your situation, and you'll be so encouraged and reassured as you give him space to speak. His will always. Like we heard from Alexa last week, the words of encouragement that she had written in her journal and the things that had been spoken to her that she had recorded down helped her hold fast during such an uncertain and destabilizing time in her life. You know, biblical hope is not just a desire for something good in the future but rather, and I've already said this, sorry, biblical hope is a confident expectation for something good in the future. When the Bible says to hope in God, it does not mean cross your fingers. Expect great things from him. He is limitless in his ability. He cares so deeply. Every day and every moment is known by him, and there are no surprises with our God. In Hebrews 10, verse 23, in the ESV, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. You know, hope is something that should not waver, because it's rooted in the faithfulness of God. There should be certainty, because the will and purpose of God are like iron and not chalk. Hope is faith in the future tense. Hope for things to get better, hope for healing, hope for reconciliation. C.S. Lewis, who we've probably all heard of, the line, the witch in the wardrobe guy. A Christian's hope isn't an escape or wishful thinking, but something that a Christian is meant to do. You know, I think sometimes, you know, you can hope like way up there in your kind of situations down here, and you can sometimes feel like, is that escapism? Like, is that just like so far off it's never going to happen? But no, it's not an escape or wishful thinking. Our hope is attached to him. You know, we have hope. We have evidence. We are promised an eternity with him. So, so good. We've got so much to look forward to. Oh, bring it on. All of our struggles and needs and sleepless nights are momentary. He is not at all surprised by our trials and our struggles. Though we battle, yet we will praise him. Though we feel at our lowest and depleted and weak, yet we will praise him. We are saved by grace through faith. Jesus is enough. Regardless if we ever see our miracle or our breakthrough, or our answer to our lamenting and our prayers, he is enough. Jesus is all we ever need. We need to let go 
to trust him again, to be okay with his timing, to be okay with the order in which he does things. We must not waver. We need to reattach to hope. Hope again. Don't give up. Praise God. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Worship at all times. Never cease praying. Tell of the good things he has done. What are we focused on? Let us focus on him, not on our unanswered prayers or on our problems. Remind yourself again of his faithfulness and the many blessings he has bestowed upon you. Like, what has he done for us? Just so you know, yes, my parents did get divorced, um, but they are both remarried. And I just think, man, there's so, like, he has been so faithful to our family. There is so much to thank God for. Like, there's so much hard stuff. There's almost like, there's too much hard stuff is how it feels at times. But there's so much to thank him for and to focus on. And we've got, we are so blessed. Even the fact that we live here, we can gather, we can do church. I mean, that's a blessing. Let alone all the cool stuff happening in your life. You know, speak out what you see. Regardless of what you see or if you ever receive, sorry, speak out what you see in the future is what that should say. Regardless of what you see or if you ever receive what you think you want or need. Um, you know, parents, like I know um, Steve might remember, but someone said to us, like, speak what you see and how powerful your words are with your children. So, you know, instead of saying, oh, hang on, let me think of an appropriate word for a podcast. Um, you rat, you know, or you are so annoying. Oh, I'm so embarrassed by you. You know, the things we say as parents. Um, but instead, we could say, you are such a champion. Oh, you're a world changer. You know, it makes all the difference. And they might be in the principal's office first week of school. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh. No, I'm not his mother. Um, but instead of saying, I'm so embarrassed by you. I don't belong to you. You could say, Oh, mummy loves you. I'm so proud of you that you got through your day. Blah, 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 whatever you want to say. But, um, but sorry, I can't really think of something like super amazing. But, but the words we speak, you know, are so powerful. And even when our kids aren't listening, because I know this, because I've tried it, because I've been to parenting courses, because that's what you do when you're a parent. You try and get all the help you can get. You don't get a manual. Somehow you get pregnant. And then next minute, you've got a kid to look after, and you've got to figure it all out on your own, pretty much. Google this, Google that. Anyway, um, but you don't know what you're doing. I, it's probably a little bit like when you become a Christian. You're like, yes, Jesus, now what? Like, what is this? But, um, but speak what you want to see. Like, you're a world changer. You're a champion. You're going to do so many things for God. You are so encouraging. You're so valued. The list goes on. I mean, you can do that with your husband and wife, too. That's probably a cool thing to do. But, you know, even your job or the house that you want one day or the wife that you want one day or the husband that you want one day, speak it out. Thank God for it. Like, speak it out rather than going, oh, I'm in this job. I hate it. It sucks. 
oh my gosh, 40 hours a week, like I only get paid like $13 an hour. You know, what do you want? Like speak it out. Don't complain. What do you see? Speak it out. Anyway, I know school, uni, I've got, you know, I think you guys get the gist, but what do you see? Like change your language, change. And I'm telling myself this. Because Steve lives with me, and he's like, let's focus on the positive, eh? (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) after football yesterday, let's focus on the positive. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, true, yeah, true. He says that to me just about every day. So I know that I'm not the most positive person, but I kind of am, but I don't kind of use my words in a positive way sometimes. So I need to do this as well. And I know it might not even change your circumstances. Like, it might not change anything, but do you know what? It'll change your perspective. It'll change the way you feel about things, and it will make a difference. Back to it. Right. Give Jesus access to your heart. Be open and honest. He can take it. Daily pour out your heart to him. Keep communicating. Hold on to his promises and declare truth. Often we can be feeling so good and then get knocked off our feet. Do you want to hear a funny story? (laughs) Wasn't so funny on Friday. Talking about getting knocked off our feet. So I was actually feeling pretty good. I'd been for a walk with Sarah O the day before. I was like, yeah, muscles feel a bit sore, feeling good. Friday rolls around, I'm like, yeah, it's my home day, going to mow the lawn, get the wood in, light the fire, woo, let's go Friday. And then, it's really funny now, but, okay, so if you've been to our house, our woodshed, it's like this cool wooden door, you can't even see, it's like a magic door, you open it and there's wood in there, and anyway, it kind of slopes like this, okay, so you've kind of got to walk in, but then... You know, you can't stay upright. You've kind of got to bend. So when you're, like, getting the wood, you've got to, like... See, my knees are quite noisy, sorry. Um, (laughs) Lucky this is not on the podcast. Okay, so you've kind of got to, like, get the wood and watch out for spiders and wetters and everything else. Grab the wood. Then you have to, like, stay kind of in a squat position and put it in the wood container. So you kind of... It's like you're doing a workout. And I do it every day. Anyway, on Friday... I was like, picked up the wood, and I went, Doug! And honestly, I hit the top of my head so hard that I flew backwards, and I landed like, I've still got marks, I landed like on my butt, and my glasses, which I'm normally wearing, like, flew off. And I just was like, did I knock myself out? Or did I live through that? (laughs) Was I awake? I honestly couldn't remember. And it hurts so bad that I'm laughing now, but I sat in the woodshed and cried for ages. And I was like, then I was like, then after about five minutes, I looked up and I'm like, can my neighbours see me? (laughs) I thought that would have just been hilarious. Lucky they couldn't, because we live in kind of a private place. but, But I was like, sitting in the woodshed thinking, I was doing really good today. I was feeling it. (laughs) Feel it Friday. (laughs) Next minute, honestly flew backwards. Like, not even tripped. Like, fully. (laughs) Sorry, I should have had my, I don't know, GoPro or something on. (laughs) 
that I don't have. <laughs> but isn't life like that? We're like skipping, sweet, yep, life's awesome. Boom! And we're like, oh, really? And we cry, and it's hard, and it hurts. Um, knocked my confidence a bit. Football were like, can someone pick up the barbecue? And I thought, I probably could have half an hour ago. But soz just knocked myself over. But it does knock your confidence. You know, it was unplanned pain. I didn't expect to be in pain on Friday. Unplanned pain. But guess what? We rise again. We acknowledge the pain. We process, but we hope again. You know, all of the hard stuff, all of the challenges, all of the valley moments, they're just a blip in light of eternity spent with Jesus. Where we are free, we're healed, we're joyful, we're dancing, yes, we're doing TikToks, we're worshipping, and we're overwhelmed by him. Um, I remember in C3 Auckland, someone preached a message with a, they had like, uh, if you think of a um, tug-of-war rope, they had a rope, and I'm probably explaining this really badly, but they had this rope, and this part of the rope, like part of it was white, and the rest of the rope was red, and the guy preaching was like, see that white bit? Yeah, that's your life. You know, the rest of the rope that's red, that's eternity. Like, that is how short our life is. And I just want us to just remember eternity spent with him. Like, attach yourself to that. Like, have hot, like, we know, we know, we know, we know. We just have to stick with him. Even when life knocks you over. And I just want to remind you that... Um, if you're not going through a tough time, this might not be sound encouraging if you're like cruising right now, but if you're not going through like something really hard and tough right now, guess what? A hard and tough time is coming because the Bible says you will face trouble, you'll fight, face tribulation, you'll face trials, you'll face temptation, you'll face suffering, you'll face all of this stuff. But stick with him. And if you're going through a tough awful, just like, when is this going to be over? Stick with him. Without Christ, there is no hope, says Charles Spurgeon. Guys, we're the fortunate ones. I can't even begin to imagine not having the ability to hope in Christ. In Psalm 71, verse 5, in the Passion Translation, it says, For you are my only hope, Lord, I've hung on to you, trusting in you all my life. In Psalm 130, verse 5, from the Passion, this is why I wait upon you, expecting your breakthrough, for your word brings me hope. Corrie ten Boom, go the Dutch, said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God.
Corrie Ten Boom. And Romans 12, verse 12, ESV. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Romans 4, 21 to 22, the passion. Abraham never stopped believing God's promise, for he was made strong in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God. How old was Abraham? Like a hundred. When God said you'll become, yeah, he was old, like older than us, and we're too old to have more kids, man, we're done. But God came to Abraham. Can you imagine? Does anyone know anyone that's like 90 or 100? Like I think of my granddad. Like it's just crazy. But he was like, you've said it, you've got the power, I trust in you, you're faithful, I know what you say is going to happen. And he was so convinced that God was able to do what he promised. We also must be fully convinced. We must believe and we must trust. Where there is full assurance of hope, there is faith. Faith is the full assurance of hope. It's so easy to praise God when you have received the job you expected, when you have the resources to pay your bills, when the family is at peace, and when everything is going well in your marriage. But how easy is it to praise God when there are problems, when your children are far from God's house, when you don't have enough money to pay your bills, or when your marriage is about to end? Job is a book in the Bible. He lost everything. Like, everything. Like, I'm not sure why they had numerous wives in the Bible and 500 children, but they did. But he lost all his wives, all his children, all his cattle, all his money, all his property. Like, everything. Like, I can't even name everything. You can read Job for yourself. If you're going to read Job, like, read it all. Don't just read, like, to there, because it does get better. Um, But he lost everything. But do you know what? He lost everything, yet he lifted his hands in his worst moment and praised the Lord. Like, his friends were like, who is this God? And they were, like, almost, like, telling him to, like, give up. Like, what are you doing, Job? But he just, he stuck with God. I can't imagine, like I'm so, I'm so thankful that we have these amazing stories of normal humans in the Bible. They're not Bible characters made out of felt that you stick on a board. <laughs> like they're people, they're like flesh and blood and bone or whatever we are. This stuff, real, warm, alive, breathing, speaking too much. But you know, um, <laughs> but these people we read about, like it, it's so, like it's like, oh my gosh. Like he lifted his hands and praised the Lord. He did not allow his circumstances to stop his praise. And I'm so encouraged when I read these stories. And because part of my brain thinks that was like so long ago and almost like it's a whole different life. Well, it kind of is, but still, they had the same temptations, the same struggles, the same, like made by the same God, hello. So, um... I'm so encouraged to read that story. It's so important to praise God because it changes our focus. And instead of seeing our problems, we can see God's promises and who he is. I think I've already said this, but I'm saying it again. Keep opening your heart before him. 
opening up and crying out for his help and trusting him wholeheartedly that he is going to make a way. He has the best for you. He knows what is best for you. He sees the bigger picture and he never stops working behind the scenes. At the right time, you will see your miracle. Don't lose hope. In Psalm 63, 4 to 5, it says, Daily I will worship you passionately and with all my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you. For the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. You know, it says, I will worship you passionately with all my heart. Like it's a choice. I will, not I shall worship you, or I could worship you. I will worship you passionately and with all my heart. I love it. And in Psalm 145, verse 1, the passion again, my heart explodes with praise to you. And in verse 2, it says, every day I will lift up my praise to you your name with praises that will last throughout eternity. It's so many verses. I mean, there's just this is just a few. In Psalm 34, verse 1, the Amplified, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In Psalm 71, 14, ESV, but I will hope continually and I will praise you yet more and more. Cool. Um, almost done, guys. Do you mind joining me, Troy, please? Thank you. Psalm 51.15, the Passion. Lord God, unlock my heart, unlock my lips, and I will overcome with my joyous praise. I just love that. What a cry of the heart. Lord, unlock my heart and unlock my lips, and I will. There is that will again. I will overcome with my joyous praise. In spite of what we see or how we feel, let faith arise. I will worship. I will praise. It's an act of the will. We get to choose. You know, the power of the Holy Spirit is upon us. He is always with us and He is always working. You know, in my opening scripture of um, Romans 15 13, it talks about it's the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is such a gift to us. You know, Jesus said, I, I must go, but I leave with you the Holy Spirit to help you, to guide you, to be with you. There is so much power. When we say yes to Jesus, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So in closing, I just want to encourage us really to keep hope hot and to reattach to the anchor. You know, maybe we feel like our 
It's just like rocky and turbulency and messy and choppy and you put that anchor down and you're just like, okay, we're good. We've got stability. Everything's going to be okay. Get God's perspective. It's so important. Like, go to Him. God, what do you say about this? What can I do? Where are you, God? Why, God? All the questions, all the lamenting, like, bring it to Him. Be honest with Him and allow Him to speak. Because I know when I ask Jesus to speak to me or I'm like, what's going on? And sometimes I can get nervous. I'm like, he's going to tell me off or say, you know, do this, do that, whatever. Or I don't know if I'm ready to hear what he has to say. But it's always good stuff. I always am so encouraged, so loved upon. I feel so valued. I'm like, I'm your girl. You're such a good dad. I just feel... I'm just like, I'm just actually so overwhelmed. I'm always so overwhelmed when he speaks, when he moves. But just to keep that connection and that space for him to speak, you know, the unlocking of the heart. I know it's hard, things are hard. We can put walls up, we can harden our heart. All of these things that come at us, like Alexa spoke last week about the arrows, you know. My gosh, like let's keep our heart unlocked before him always. Let's get his perspective and let us praise always. It's easy to gather, it's easy to hang out, and like I said earlier, say the one negative thing out of the whole football game. But I could have said, you know, 10 positive things. Let us praise, he is so worthy so worthy. He is enough. Despite if we ever see an answer to our prayers, if we ever see the breakthrough we're desiring and hoping for, whether we ever see that on this side of eternity, let Him be enough. Let us praise Him regardless. Let us pray without ceasing. Pray. Don't just pray when it's tough. In fact, sometimes when it's tough, it's really hard to pray. I get that. When it's tough, you're like, oh, I'm exhausted. I've said it all. He knows. He knows. I've prayed the same thing over and over. Pray anyway. Keep praying. So I hope that's helped someone here today. Man, just to get to that place of, Jesus, you are enough. And to know that one day we're going to party with Him in heaven. Oh, what a gift. Eternity with Him. Like my mind can't comprehend. You know, even just walking, driving past, God speaks to me in weird ways like nature and animals and stuff. But like driving to school the other day, and there was like next the paddock next to school, there was like just sheep for... I always say sheep for Africa, but it's probably, I don't even know what that means, but sheep for days. And I was just, because there was rainbows, there's always rainbows at the moment, so we're always talking about Noah's Ark and rainbows with the kids. And I was like, imagine, like, 
I mean, this is not even eternity. I'm talking about Noah's Ark here. But I'm like, two of each kind of animal going onto an ark. Like, I don't know, like, God just, my head hurts when I think about the things he does and the obedience of Noah to build the ark and the animals and, oh, keep saying yes to him. You know, maybe you could be the next Noah. Maybe you could be the next person that everyone's like, what on earth are you doing? And you're like, I just said yes to Jesus. And then they're like, boom, gone. No, and, (laughs) but let's just say yes to Jesus, keep praising him, keep praying, and know that our hope is anchored to him and him alone. You know, regardless of our notifications, our emails, our diagnosis, our whatevers, like all of that stuff doesn't matter. Our hope needs to be reattached to him. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for this room full of beautiful people. I'm so excited to spend eternity with you. Jesus, I ask that we are just so encouraged this morning that we're just that we'd feel you again, your presence, your touch, that you'd speak again. God, that would unlock our hearts before you unlock our lips and praise you that we wouldn't stop praying God you are enough so Jesus for people in this room that are in the valley and wondering where on earth are you God may their hope not waver Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're with them. I thank you that you're working behind the scenes. I thank you that despite what we see, despite what we feel, despite what we know, God, you're in everything. There's no parts of our day where you don't know what's happening. There's no parts of our thought life, of what we speak, of our interactions. God, you're everything. You're in everything. You're everywhere. So Jesus, for those of us that feel like, you know, we're just, we're down. We're lamenting before you, Jesus. It's like, it's hard. God, you get it. So I pray just that hope would reattach today, that faith would rise. God, that your love, your praise would be on our lips. That we would just get to that place again where you are enough despite the circumstances despite the outcome despite anything you are enough Jesus help us to encourage one another you know help us to be those people that are in Alexa's journal of speaking words of life encouraging each other sending a message or a card or whatever works for you know everyone's different but God doing those things You know, it can change the course of someone's life. It can help someone stay, you know, stable and in a time of uncertainty, which the world is in right now, with even this pandemic right now. God, you just never know 
what a word spoken can do. Like I know for me, prophecies and words spoken are sometimes the thing that just make me go, no, I'm sticking, I'm staying, I'm standing regardless. So Jesus, thank you that you're here. Thank you for these people. Thank you that the Queen has a birthday tomorrow, so we get a day off. May we have fun. May we relax. May we take time to be with friends and family. Thank you for cruise on Wednesday. Thank you for our crew host doing an incredible job. God, I thank you that um, we can gather again on Wednesday night and encourage one another and hear testimonies and stories of your goodness, because you are good. We worship your name. Everybody said, Amen.